to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home and true Southern sister, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. I love my show for Southern women and the men who adore us. We talked. Well, I know you adore me, Nick, yeah, yeah, and that means a great deal to me. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely does. I got a lot of men in my life that I adore as well. And, and speaking of uh, people that I adore, we've got a very special guest in the studio with us today. Yes, indeed. It's about time she came on the show with me. I've been talking to her about it for a while. Um, so today we are doing a very special uh, sort of theme on our show. I'm calling it the BFF show. Now, for those of you that have a BFF in your life, you will know how important this is. And this is not something that's reserved exclusively for women. Nick, I'm sure you've got yeah, a... I've got, I've got some BFFs. you got some, some guy the, buds in your life. We watched the World Series together. Of course so, you she know. did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, see, my BFF would, would probably... did She did indeed watch the World well, Series. there you go. <laughs> so um, I'm so fortunate to have her here today, actually. And so we're going to be talking about all things BFF. And uh, so I'd like everyone to say hello to my best friend, Pam Sanders. Hello, hello. Hello. <laughs> She's here. Good morning, America. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Uh, and you just did. And I just did. How's that, how's that feel? <laughs> it's a very unique feeling, quite mm. frankly, but I'm so happy to be here. And yes, you were absolutely right. I did watch the World Series. She was up till I was up right? until one thirty in the morning pulling for the Cubs, yeah. pulling for them. Yeah, so, she's yes. my baseball friend. You and know, football she's friend. Pam is my baseball friend. There yeah, you go. absolutely. You know, one thing she is not is she's not my scary movie friend. Oh goodness, no, 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 no. That's the one thing we talked about. That yeah, we had that conversation. We had the conversation. Yeah. Pam will not uh, indulge me in my enjoyment, I guess, of horror flicks. <laughs> there are many things in this world that I would do for you, but going to a horror film. Film is not one of them. No, never has, never has, <laughs> never and I, will be. And I don't hold that against her. I, I don't. But you know, for those of you that have got BFFs, you know how important they are and how meaningful they are in our lives. Now, Pam and I go way, way, way back, right? Very much so. Right. So, um, as I always like to say, I, I was fourteen and she was fifteen, which means she's still a year older than me. <laughs> Not that I, not so, that I throw that in the face ever. Similar to sixteen, similar to sixteen, going on seventeen. But you know, very, very similar. But I met Pam uh, at, at church. We did. Now, and that's a, that's a place where a lot of good Southern women meet their their girlfriends. Very true. Very and their true. life friends, right? So Absolutely. I'm going to let you tell folks about how um, how you first came to know me and how I dare say maybe you weren't all that enthused at first about so, getting to know so me. So you would like for me to give yeah. your audience members the um, opportunity to hear the true story. We're going to rat out our mothers. <laughs> we're going to rat okay. on our mothers. Right. Right. <laughs> so to Jenny's point, we became friends at the ages of 14 and 15 through our youth group. And it's the funniest story because our mothers actually, I knew who Jenny was, knew who she was. She was a grade behind me. I thought she was a goofball. I really did. I thought she was the biggest goofball That's in the what world. So what, Jenny had a reputation. Jenny is what had you're a saying. reputation of being class a funny, clown. funny, class clown <laughs> goofball. And, you know, of course, but Jenny was, you know, 14 going on 14. And I was so mature <laughs> at 15. I thought that I was 15 going on 30. She thought she was all that. And I thought I was all that. I know. Yeah. Pride will get you every single time. Mm-hmm. So 
Our mothers knew each other very well, and my family had recently begun attending a new church. It was Smyrna First Baptist Church. I guess right. it's okay to say that on the air as, mm-hmm. as it's a part of our history. Mm-hmm. And so one day, um, Mom Walbum, Jenny's mother, called my mom, and they had a conversation. And she, she shared with her that she really wanted to visit the church, but that Jenny wasn't very interested in visiting the church because she had a lot of friends at their current church. So make an incredibly longer story short, my mother, of course, said, oh, Judy, of course, Pam would love to show Jenny around the church. <laughs> so as we're driving, fast forward a couple of days later, as we're driving to church to Sunday school, mother informs me, and mother always called me Pamela. And you, you always knew you were either A, in trouble, or B, it was a very serious moment if my mother called me Pamela. <laughs> so she said, Pamela, um, do you happen to know Jenny Walbum? Yes, mother, I do. Well, I, her mother called, and they're wanting to visit the church, and she would love for you to show her around all day today. So you need to meet her on the front steps of the chapel. She will attend Sunday school and worship with you, and you will, inv- you will invite her to different functions and activities with the youth group <laughs> and um, introduce her to your friends. Dead silence in the back of the car. <laughs> to which I responded, Mom, did you say Jenny Walbum? <laughs> Yes, Pam. Oh, mother, really? Are you serious? <laughs> she doesn't care for don't me. Don't you love this? Don't she love doesn't. This. She does not care for me the same way. I don't care for her. Oh, mother said, you know what? I like her mother. Her mother likes me. Get over it. You will be a well-behaved Southern young lady, and you will escort her, and you will show her hospitality. Yep. So fast forward. There we were at the foot of the, the rock stairs mm-hmm. at the chapel, and I can honestly say, after that day, yeah, that day was one of the greatest blessings in my life because unbeknownst to me, the person that I thought I could not stand, who just <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way, actually was my um, my soul sister. Yep. And that's how we are today. Yeah. This, and I can't imagine my world without she and her mm-hmm. family. And she's been there with me through thick and thin and yeah. the good and the bad and the joyful, triumphant moments, and right. um, it's just been a friendship that we've just been so grateful for. 35 years. 35 years. 35 years. 35 yeah, years. Outstanding. It is wonderful. And, you know, it just goes to show you, folks, when your mama tries to introduce you to somebody that maybe, you know, isn't so cool, maybe listen to mama. Hey, Pam, in that case, your mama knew what was best. Mama knew what was best. Mama knew what was best. Maybe I should allow my mother to introduce me to more men. <laughs> <laughs> Truth be known, <laughs> I've I've tried that over the years. I have not had a lot of luck with that. I'm not a, I'm not a good mat picker. But I tell you guys, it's been 35 years of fun and his and history and adventures and you know back going back to when we were in church together. One of our favorite I hate to admit this. One of our favorite things to do was to skip. Youth choir. Yes, we did. Oh, we would, no. We would, we would go to church, right? And we then were so bad. when our parents weren't looking, we'd slip out the back door and go to Dairy Queen on Sunday night. Yes, we Remember did. that? We would. We'd, oh, yeah. we'd disappear for 45 minutes. We had it timed. We knew exactly how far yeah. we could, how long we could push it. Yeah. We were bad. We, we were, were so, so bad. bad. Oh, I know. It was wonderful. Uh, but Pam, <laughs> I, I am so pumped to have her on the ear because, you know, we have, we have so many shared interests, including. Food, for one thing. Travel. We've traveled quite a bit together. Charleston, yes, South Carolina it. is one of our favorite places to go. We just really had a lifetime of fun time. memories. And I wish that every one of my Southern sisters could have a good friend as wonderful as Pam. Aww. And if not, folks, it's not too late to go find one. Go find yourself a BFF. They're out yeah. there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? All around. We need our female friends. They're essential to our well-being, 
in my case, they're essential to my sanity. That's just right. Talk, just apparently, just talk to your mama. Just talk to your mama. Listen, those Southern mamas know what they're doing. Well, we're going to share some more stories this hour. We're going to have some fun fun with this. And we are also actually going to be giving away a couple of cookbooks on hey. the show today. So I want to I want to put that out there early in the show. Guys, to win one, of the, one copy of uh, my latest cookbook, Seasons in the South, all you have to do is email me at radio at southernsistershome.com. Shoot me an email, say you want a cookbook, and it shall be yours. There you go. We're giving away two copies. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy. It's been we've been giving them away every week. It's awesome. <laughs> and a lot of the recipes we talk about are in are in the latest book. And I have had the privilege of eating a number of the recipes. Mm-hmm. Delicious and easy. Pam's still Pam's still waiting for a personalized copy of her uh... book. Yes. She personalized my first well, the first issue she personalized and it was beautiful. She has yet to sign yeah. book number two. I know. Uh, it's on my to-do list. Tisk, 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 tisk. And guys, listen, I also want to put a little plug out there. I am going to be in Cartersville, Georgia next Thursday. For those of you that have not been to downtown Cartersville, Georgia, it is an absolute gorgeous small town. Sort of that iconic, quaint, adorable small southern town. And uh, they have got some of the most beautiful shops downtown and restaurants. Well, it's their annual Christmas Holiday open house oh, downtown Cartersville. So I'm going to be appearing at the Cartersville Antique Gallery. They sell my cookbooks. They sell my linen line. Nice. And I'm going to be there from 5 to 8 p.m. next Thursday, November 10th. I would love for you to come by and see me. I'll sign a book for you. It's going to be a great evening. Lots of fun. And we're going to have lots of fun on the show today, too, Pam. We've got great. first segment we got coming up. We having a girls' night in at Jenny's house. We are going to eat. Well, that's another thing Pam and oh, I do very well. Oh, yum, yum, yum! Eat, 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 guys. So join us. We'll be right back. Southern Sisters Radio Program. Ah, I'm rocking in my chair to that one. I know. Mm. You can't help but move to that. I know, right? Right? Well, guys, we're having another girls' night in at my house. Y'all want to come? Pam, you're coming. I'm I'm here. Yeah, Let's go. You're the guest of honor at my girls' night in I tonight. I love being the guest of honor. <laughs> I love cooking for you. And I love it when you cook And you for love me. eating. <laughs> I do. <laughs> we have, Pam and I have a rich and diverse and enduring culinary history together. Yes, we do. Because quite frankly, most of the things that we have done have focused around some kind of food. Yes. When we've gone, when we traveled, it's all about the food. The food. Where we're eating, what we're eating, what we just ate. Making our reservations three weeks in advance. We did. Now, Pam and I had an annual trip to Charleston, South Carolina Uh, every year, the same weekend in May for 10 straight years. mm. We we need to go back. I know. I was thinking about that last week, actually. You know what the most wonderful thing about Charleston is? What's up? I was born there. Ah, well, that makes it even better. Mm. That makes it even better. Native girl. All the more reason to go back, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so. yeah, but we would make our dinner reservations like three weeks in advance advance. before we got there. We would get on the phone and we'd map out. Our favorites. Right. And then we would each take a turn. Right. You'd pick a restaurant. I'd pick a restaurant. And then we'd usually try a new one. A new one. We'd we'd try a new restaurant each year. A favorite and then two newbies. I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. So eat, we do. And eat, we always have. Right? (laughs) Which which is perfect for this segment because you're coming over to my house tonight. Yes, Guys, listeners, our listeners can come along and we are going to eat our way through the evening. Now, Pam and I rarely get together. 
I mean, we do sometimes, but we rarely get together when the evening certainly uh, does not start off with a cocktail. Right. Absolutely. It's it's that's an essential part. And I'm thinking since it's autumn and I know how much you love mimosas, Pam, I'm thinking how about a spiced apple cider mimosa? Oh, hello. Lovely. Guys, it's super simple. As with any good mimosa or a Bellini where you're doing equal parts of a juice or a nectar and champagne, this is going to be equal parts apple cider and and champagne or a sparkling Prosecco, you know, Prosecco, which is a sparkling white. Um, I t- typically prefer the Prosecco. It's got a little more sweetness to it. So if you come into my house tonight, I'm going to greet you with an, uh, a spiced apple cider mimosa. Perfect. That starts the evening Love off it. very well. And then something, this is going to be a little bit of a nod to some of our trips to Charleston, South Carolina, where we had some restaurants there. And you may recall one of my favorites um, was the Oak Steakhouse. Oh, merciful. Yes. Hello. There's now tuna steaks. We're wonderful. And quite frankly, when you go to Charleston, guys, mostly it's about the seafood because mm-hmm. the seafood, they get so fresh there. It's local. It's wonderful. But after about two nights of seafood, we typically were looking for a steak. Something yeah. new. Something. We wanted a steak, you know, a little red <laughs> meat. And uh, so we had a fabulous, do you remember that? Oh, it was a yes. Pittsburgh style Pits- filet. <sighs> At the Oak Steakhouse in downtown Charleston. And guess what, guys? If you're not, if you're not, oh, it was always wonderful. And if you're not up for a, um, for a trip to Charleston this weekend, you can whip one of these babies up right in your own kitchen. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you how to do it. Pam, come in the kitchen with me. Okay. Okay. We're going to do a Pittsburgh style New York strip steak. And the, 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 one of the most important things of this is the steak rub that we're going to whip up. Now, guys, you can make up a batch of this, keep it in a mason jar in the refrigerator. It'll keep for quite a while. And the key to this steak really is the rub. What you're going to do in a food processor. Have you got a food processor at your I house? I do. Okay. Amazingly. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're using mine tonight. <laughs> you're going to throw in your food processor about one cup of dry dried porcini mushrooms. Guys, you can find this at the grocery store. A half a cup of kosher salt, two tablespoons of garlic powder, two tablespoons of each of dried rosemary, dried thyme, and dried sage. I actually have all three of these in my garden right now. I could, I could do fresh. One tablespoon of black pepper and two tablespoons of sugar. You're going to combine those. That's your steak rub. Okay. Now, to make the Pittsburgh style, and the reason they call it a Pittsburgh style steak is because it actually originated this recipe, or this, I should say, this style of cooking a steak originated with the Pittsburgh Steelworkers back about back about 75 years ago. The Steelworkers, they, they would actually bring like raw steaks to work with them. And then on that hot metal equipment that they would use, sometimes that metal equipment they used from the steel mills would get up to 500, 600 degrees. Mm-hmm. They would actually plop their steaks on top of the equipment. <laughs> oh, my heavens. Now, this is, that's, that's where the term Pittsburgh style came from. I had no idea. Yes. It's, wow. You think it's an urban legend. It's true. It's true. It's true. That's now, phenomenal. how we're going to replicate this at our home. Now, we, you do need to keep an eye. You need to turn the vent on, on your oven, because you're going to generate a little smoke with this, this process, but it is so worth it. I say you have to call Sunbelt Rentals and get a backhoe and yeah. bring it to the... No, <laughs> Or in my case, I need to open the door and windows, too. (laughs) (laughs) Pull the batteries out of the smoke Okay, here we go. Oh, man. You guys are in rare form. Stand back. We are making a Pittsburgh-style New York strip steak. We're going to heat two to three tablespoons of cooking oil in a cast iron skillet, all right, over high heat, just until that, that oil is smoking. Now, you're going to generously coat both sides of the steak with the steak rub. Got that? Then... In addition to that, you're going to sprinkle two tablespoons of sugar on top of the steak and pat it down. Now, you would think the sugar is going to make it sweet. It's not. All it's going to do, it's not going to taste sweet when you're done, but it's going to contribute to that caramelization process. It's going to give you that 
awesome, crusty, seared top on your steak, okay? You're going to carefully drop your steak sugar side down onto the hot skillet. Now, sizzling, spattering, and spattering and smoking is going to occur. This is normal. So like I said, just turn on the ventilation fan, okay? You're going to cook the steak for two to three minutes until it's nice and dark and caramelized on one side. Then you're going to sprinkle more sugar on the other side of the steak and flip it. Cook it for another two to three minutes, then reduce, reduce the heat down to medium high and cook it for about five to six minutes on each side. Depending on the thickness, you're going to get a good medium rare at that rate. Hello. That sounds oh amazing. my. Now, for those of you that don't think women like to eat steak. Yes, I'm, we I'm, do. I'm addressing those of you out there that say, oh, women eat salads. No, no, no. <laughs> no Let me tell don't. you, my BFF and I can put away some steak. And we have. And we have. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little distracted. And then some. <laughs> okay, so uh, Pam Pam has given a little nod in the segment to Stephen Tyler of Aerosmith. She came into the studio today with a beautiful scarf tied around her neck. She has now tied it around her microphone. Yes. <laughs> Dream on. Dream on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There Dream you go. On. There you go. You know, there you go. This I may know. be the only time that I have a microphone and a headset on. And so, you know, I'm going to live the dream. <laughs> she's, got, she's got the whole, yeah, she's got the whole image going Dream right until here. your dream comes true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my BFF. Now I'm oh, dreaming. That's you why know she I'm, loves me. What I'm dreaming about next, guys, is we are going to whip up an amazing, it's autumn, right? So we're going to have an, an autumn, a harvest chopped salad. Now, oh, I don't know that we're going to have time to get through the whole recipe. So it will be posted on my website, guys. Just go to Southern Sisters Home. Dot com, click on the blog and the, the uh, harvest chopped salad with cherry vinaigrette dressing oh will be on there. Basically, in a nutshell, what you're going to have is a combination of chopped romaine lettuce, red kale, cucumber, tomatoes, onions, dried cherries, chopped walnuts and crumbled blue cheese. And you're going to stir all of that. You're going to toss that with an amazing Cherry vinaigrette. Oh, my goodness. The vinaigrette is made delicious. from cherry preserves, red wine vinegar. Oh, oh, it's good. And the recipe is on the site. But I had to leave time for the uh, the, the crowning glory. Oh, I know it's my BFFs. Pam knows. Oh, I'm okay. so excited. So when we would go to Charleston, we would pretty much eat the same dessert almost every night for dinner. If, if, if the restaurant offered it, we would order it. You want to share what that was? A dark chocolate Creme brulee. Creme brulee. Oh, my oh. gosh. This sounds Hello. outstanding. You and I have ha- no idea how wonderful it is. <laughs> if you've not had creme brulee, well, most folks have probably had it in a creme restaurant. Brulee. A lot of folks have not made it at home. And, and it's not as hard as you think. And many people haven't had it with chocolate. Yeah. And chocolate sets it apart oh, it's man. on a completely different level it is it is and completely. we you know we do love us some chocolate mm. yes we do oh, let me tell you mm. i have to say there's a little bit of a power trip involved with me for this also because i get to pull out my my kitchen blowtorch i feel very powerful <laughs> i couldn't even come back with anything okay. on that one so my, my my husband has his equipment you know, he has all of his power tools in the in, oh, yeah. in his workshop right i've got my chicken uh, my chicken i've got my kitchen blowtorch thank you very much that's awesome it's powerful very intimidating. Don't come near me. <laughs> if I, if I'm in a bad mood. She's making creme brulee. Oh, baby. Let us whip up some chocolate, dark chocolate creme brulee, folks. This is oh, so easy. Oh, my word. I'm in heaven. Here we go. Keep you're, going. You're going to preheat your oven to 300 degrees, and you're, you're going to mix. Let me get my glasses on here. You are going to mix one and a fourth cups of heavy cream and one vanilla bean together in a double boiler. You're going to heat the mixture for about 10 to 15 minutes, and then you're going to stir, stir in Four ounces of dark chocolate. 
Okay. Remove the vanilla bean. Don't leave it in there, guys. It's not tasty. We don't want to eat the whole bean. Now you're going to whisk together four egg yolks and one tablespoon of sugar in a mixing bowl and slowly pour the chocolate cream into the egg mix, continuously whisking it. All right. Now you're going to remove the double boiler and now place your glass bowl over the simmering water and continue to stir it until the cream mix thickens and it will coat the back of a spoon. It's going to take about six to eight minutes for it to thicken up. You're going to pour this into four custard dishes. You know, guys, like the little ramekin dishes. Place it in a large baking pan and add just enough water to come up halfway, you know, up the sides of the the, uh, cups. You're going to bake it in the oven until it sets about one hour. Remove it from the water, let it cool, cover and refrigerate. You're going to sprinkle about a tablespoon of sugar on top of each one. And if you've got a a blowtorch, blow it. If not, stick it under the broiler for a few minutes. Oh, hello. Just go by the blowtorch. Heaven. Just go back. <laughs> Dark chocolate creme brulee, folks, and we'll be right back. with the Southern Sisters Radio Show. It's the BFF Hour. I'm in the studio today. It's a beautiful Saturday, and I have got my BFF, Pam Sanders, with me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. It's just a glorious fall morning. Mm, isn't it gorgeous? It is. You know, fall in the South. We've talked a lot about that. Nick knows. We've been, you know, talking about that, how this, the cool temperatures just bring sweet relief. Oh, and my favorite time. Yeah, I always say favorite it's God's season. reward for surviving the heat of the summer. Absolutely. Yeah. And when you top it off with football and... I know, that makes you happy. Apple pies and Hello. hot cider. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to tell you, you don't get to be the age that Pam and I are. And I'm not going to disclose. Let's just say we were, you know, we were products of the 80s <laughs> our formative our formative years you know pam's got the 411 on me she remembers mm. the days of the big hair oh merciful heavens she do does. i have stories about you the big okay big tell everybody what i kept in my purse all right i have to do this jenny had the biggest hair <laughs> i was the i was you know, was you either went with really really big hair or you were really preppy well i was really preppy no. I ha- had the typical Dorothy Hamill haircut, you know, the add a bead chain necklaces, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Jenny went the route of big hair. And in college, she always carried the largest purses because she had to carry something big enough to carry the maximum size Aquanet hairspray that you could put in there so that she could whip that can of hairspray out at any moment in time and just give a good. Yes. Yeah. All over the hair. Yeah. Oh, Nick. Nick. It was, <laughs> it was, it was no, a it big was, can. It was, it was a, no, we're talking the biggest size <laughs> yeah. can. And, yeah. and any lady, ladies who had formulative years during the, <laughs> the late 70s and they know. early 80s, they, know. they remember very, very well. Aquanet. <laughs> <laughs> big hair. I so got do into, I want to see like a senior picture in your yearbook kind of I'm not going to share it. Oh, I can share. No. I can share. No. I can share. No, you're not photos. sharing that. You're not sharing that. <laughs> big hair equal big trouble. <laughs> okay, we are moving right along. As I was saying, folks, you don't get to be the age that Pam and I are and not have lots of little pearls of wisdom. Oh, how true that to is. To share. And you know, we're going to reflect today on nine pearls of wisdom 
for every Southern girl. Okay, so for those of you that either are a Southern girl or you know a Southern girl, so hello, men. We all know that you know Southern girls or women. Here are nine pearls of wisdom about uh, just how Southern girls should live. You know, some of the keys to happiness. Number one in our our number one Southern pearl of wisdom is laughter. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, laughter will cure almost all of what hurts in your heart. It will keep you sane. It will smooth over the rough places in your life. So our advice is laugh loud, long, often, and from your belly. Laugh. So true. Right? So true. We do a lot of laughing. It heals your soul. It does. We do a lot. We agree with number one, don't we? Oh, we laugh all the time. I do. We do. It, it's, yes, we're, we're, and sometimes inappropriately. I mean, we are, we're, we're bad. But we're still laughing. <laughs> we're bad. <laughs> and we're still laughing. Second pearl of wisdom. Okay, pray. Now, on the day of your baptism, your parents promised God that they would raise you as a woman of faith. We also promised as part of your community to help show you God. Pray. Learn about God through study, nature, service, and most of all, prayer. Pray when your heart hurts. Pray when your spirit is full. Pray when there are no words. Pray when your soul is filled with song. Remember the prayer of our friend who says every morning, God, make me a better wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend. And every night she prays, well, God, there's always tomorrow. So pray. That's our strong, that's the strong, that's the rock of our foundation right there, mm-hmm. the prayer. And if you've got a friend that's praying for you, even better. Absolutely. N- nothing more valuable. Number three, pearl of wisdom. How about believe? Now, there are bonds that connect us all in our humanity. So you're a person through other people. You are because of them. All right. Now, because we can't always see those ties that bind us together, it's easy to forget that they're there. You must believe in what you can't see. Believe in faith, hope and love. Believe in peace. Believe in the kindness of strangers. It's still out there, guys. And the goodness in everyone. Mm. So believe. Right. That requires a little bit of optimism, especially yes. in this day and age. It does. But and it believe in yourself. Always believe in yourself. Absolutely. We have to. That's the key to survive. We didn't get to be where we are at this age. No. Right? No. We right? have to have hope and believe. Old and crotchety. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Our next pearl of wisdom is rest. Now, this life has a way of getting more and more complicated. Too many things start to pull on you for your time, your energy, your resources. Most of them will be really good things like school, work, family, church. The first thing you will sacrifice will be sleep. Now, I urge you, we urge you to resist this temptation. Sleep will start to feel like a luxury, but I assure you it is not. It's the only way to be the slightest bit useful to any of the people or causes that you've committed to. So no great cause was ever helped by a cranky, sleep-deprived, wild-eyed, caffeinated woman. Oh, how true that is. I I, I need my sleep. Yeah, I I think I need more. Because you know what, Pam? I I at times tend to be a wild-eyed, caffeinated woman. (laughs) I do think I am. I think Nick has seen me that way a few times. <laughs> that would be true because you drink caffeine and I, drink, I always drink decaf. That's true. <laughs> I got a lot more to say after my third cup of coffee. She's, she is, she's wired and I smile and nod. I'm, I'm wired. <laughs> Number five, pearl of wisdom. Get up. Mm. Now, in this life, you will fail. You will mess up. You will make mistakes. Sometimes you will be run over by a Mack truck of circumstances. Occasionally, the rain will flood or the earth will quake. A tree could fall in your house. At one point or another, you will get knocked down. Get up. That's the process. The only way to move forward is in lurches, stumbles, and crashes. We've both done a few of those, Pam. More than one. Right? You will not come to the end of the path without bruised knees, bandages, or even crutches. 
Some people will decide to lie on the ground like roadkill, but you must get up. Keep going. Say you're sorry when you're wrong. Take a hand to help you when you need it and get up. I I love that. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Isn't that beautiful? The alternative is being very wise. The alternative to not getting up is being a dead armadillo in the road. (laughs) I don't want to be a dead armadillo. (laughs) Oh, number five, number six pearl of women, smart. I like this one. Smart is sexy. Oh, that's so true. Smart is sexy. There are no shortage of people in this life who will try to make you feel small because they are small and don't want to be alone. They will tell you that you are ugly, dumb, and not funny. They will tell you to hide your spark so no one will ever be intimidated by you. Do not ever, even for one second, believe them. Smart is sexy. Truly amazing men are not interested in dumb girls with no gumption. Real friends love a gal pal who challenges them. Right, Pam? That's so true. <laughs> Look at your parents. Your dad would never have been interested in your mom if she weren't interesting. Sass is attractive. Intelligence is a magnet for amazing people. The greatest part, it's also a huge repulsion for the ignorant, uninformed, hateful fools. Read, learn, ask questions, and challenge assumptions. Very true. Hello. Hello. I love that. That's awesome. That's just, <laughs> I said I wouldn't use the word awesome today, and there it is. There it That's is. awesome. It's a good, it, it, it accurately <laughs> describes it. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number seven, get your pretty on. One of the inescapable truths in life is that you're born into a body. Everybody is beautiful. Take pride in your appearance. Do your nails and hair. Wear makeup and clothes that complement your figure. Stand up straight. Hold your head high, Pam. You do that. Meet the world head on. Don't do it for other people. Do it for yourself. It's easier to feel confident about yourself when you look and feel good. A great pair of shoes can do wonders for the sass in your step. I have long believed that. There's nothing better than shoe therapy. (laughs) Isn't that true? So true. Uh, How about the pearl number eight? Be kind to your siblings. Mm. Mm. When I was young and my sister and I would fight, my father would tell me, be nice to your sister. She's all you've got. I figured this was a pretty sorry state of affairs as if if she was all I had. But now I understand a sibling is a blessing like no other. You are the only ones who will know what it's like to grow up in your family. You'll call and they will know precisely why your daddy is making you laugh or your mama is driving you to drink bourbon from the dog bowl. (laughs) (laughs) And one day your parents will be gone, but you will not be alone because you have each other. Be kind to your siblings. They're what you've got. And that's everything. Now, uh, you know, you're my sibling. I know. That's how I look at it, Pam. You're mine, too. Yeah. We are far more than friends. I we're, know. We're sisters. And that takes it to a whole new level. They're you sisters. Know? And there's, you know, there's, there's so much to being a sibling. And for those, you know, for anyone who doesn't have a close bond with their, with, or a relationship with their sibling, I would encourage just to do what you can to make that work. Right. Because... At the end of the day, and you know, the, you're they're there for you, and that's family, and that's your right. blood, and they're just you know. And you know, if if it's just if it's hard for you to make that step, make that move, you know, just try. take take an Ambien and text them. And te- <laughs> <laughs> Xanax works too. Take a Xanax and text them. I'm sorry, Xanax. Okay, value. guys. Okay, we got, okay. We've got one more pearl of wisdom to get in quickly, guys. Number nine. This pick. is. I'm sorry. This is what happens when you get sassy. So number nine. <laughs> number nine. This. Pick the bracelet. Now, at her 50th birthday party, my husband's aunt told me a great story. She said years before the oven was about to go out in her kitchen, Christmas was coming up and she'd set her sights on a diamond tennis bracelet. Her husband asked if she wanted the bracelet or a new oven. She said she picked the bracelet because she figured he'd eventually get hungry enough to buy her a new oven, too. She leaned in very close and said to me, honey, in this life, when you get the choice, always pick the bracelet. That's good advice. Sometimes in life you have to do the hard things. Sometimes there are no good options and you have to pick the least bad. 
but sometimes you get to decide to do something nice for yourself and too often you'll be tempted not to. Trust her. Get the massage. Eat the cookie. Spend 20 minutes alone with a good book. Pick the bracelet and layer them too. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we'll be right back. Southern Sisters Radio Show. Now, with your Southern narrative, sharing stories from around the South, here is your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Being fabulous from backwards in high heels, the impossible art of being female. Fabulousness is essentially an American concept. It's a little too extravagant and shameless for the more prosaic British. It was most frankly expressed in Sex in the City, where a devotion to fabulousness was seen as the cure to all ills. From having a man leave you to being diagnosed with breast cancer, it's a put on a glorious frock, have a martini and watch me go kind of defiance. On a more subtle level, it's a canny use of the superficial, dresses, cocktails, makeup, to counterbalance the profound existential despair, illness, or events beyond your control. We think the word superficial gets a bad rap. It first appeared in and around 1420 from the Latin superficies, meaning surface, and originally meant what was apparent on the outside. It took about a hundred years for it to reach the meaning of not deep or thorough when applied to thoughts or perceptions. It then carried on its unsteady way to reach its most common application as we know it now. With all its implications of not serious, shallow, vacuous, it has also, oddly, come to have its most damning meaning when applied to women. It is in the fabled female obsession with baubles and lipstick and shoes that superficial rises to its cruelest. After all, It is the frippery women who dye their hair and paint their faces while the men go on about serious business of life. We say, don't let the superficial be dismissed so easily. What is on the surface does, in fact, matter. A judicious dose of fabulousness will not solve the Arab-Israeli conflict, but it can shine a ray of light in a sometimes dim world. A bright scarlet lipstick is not just a confection of wax and pigment, but a statement of intent. Look at me facing down the odds. A little rouge, a lilac eyeshadow, an inky black mascara mean nothing when broken down into their constituent parts, but have a disproportionate psychological effect. They can arm you for the world and bring back the cosmetic approximation of the bloom of youth when you are feeling old and worn. It is no coincidence that makeup is often called war paint. Applying makeup is a subliminal sign that you have not given up even though sometimes you feel like giving up altogether. Used carefully, it can be theatrical, amusing, diverting, a tiny bit potent, an addition to the general aesthetic. The ancient Egyptians would not leave home without applying a reddish-purple plant dye called fucus to their lips, and the Egyptians were all about the fabulous. In 17th century England, an English pastor called Thomas Hall called the painting of the face a devil's work. And a hundred years later, Parliament actually passed a law against the use of lipstick, stating that women who seduced men by cosmetic means could be tried for witchcraft. This law also entirely, bizarrely condemned the use of Spanish wool, 
high-heeled shoes, and irons. Yet during the Second World War, officially our finest hour, it was regarded as a patriotic duty to put your face on. The application of powder and paint expressing some collective defiance in the face of potential destruction. Of course, makeup and other outward manifestations are only a part of fabulousness, which is essentially a state of mind. It's posture, girls, posture, literally and metaphorically, standing up straight and marching out to meet your destiny. It's good jokes and what the hey. It's allowing the eccentric and celebrating the implausible. It's understanding that not everything must be about the practical and the mundane. It's sometimes pretending that you are in your very own movie. Fabulousness is poetry rather than prose, arias rather than Muzak. Croque St. Jacques instead of beans on toast. It's not for every day or for solving the deep questions, but it adds a little to the sum total of human happiness. Welcome back, folks. And that was our Southern narrative for the week. Okay, Pam, what are you thinking? Are we fabulous? We are more than fabulous. We define fabulosity. I think we do. Spoken like a real BFF, right? That's right. You know, I was kind of reflecting on our fabulousness and and the fabulousness of so many of our wonderful listeners, our Southern sisters all across the South. You know, it's just essential, I think, for us never to forsake the gathering together of our friends. Absolutely. Uh, You know, so many of us get get our nose to the grindstone. We get, you know, wrapped up in our family responsibilities, our work responsibilities. And it's not that those things aren't essential. They are. Um, but the you know sort of the 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 concept of of a good friend or a group of friends that we can get together and sort of let our hair down, I think that's what's been so important to us over the years. I know, right? Absolutely. And you know, it's so important. Women and friendships are defined different differently than men define their friendships. And the reality is, in so many ways, we are obviously different. And it's very important for us to be able to have a true girlfriend who gets us and understands us in a way that the men in our lives won't be able to understand. This is very it, true. It's, it's just a very practical thought, mm-hmm. but that is so, it's so important to have friendship. It is. Oh my it, no offense, so, Nick. It's just that you guys but, aren't quite no, I, wired I, this I, you're way. You're wonderful, Nick. Absolutely. <laughs> but and you're true. totally, you're absolutely right. My girlfriend is the same way. She's yeah. got her girlfriends and they, and I'm just, okay. And, but she doesn't understand, like you said, the way that m- me and my guys are buddies the, right. in different ways as well. So absolutely. And yeah. it's just, you know, but like you said, you got to have your girl for your girls got to have your girlfriends. Your, your guys got to have their buds. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to tell you, my my husband said one time, how can you spend three hours in the car with Pam and still have more to talk about when you get to where you're going? And we always manage to. Yeah. (laughs) And then we can talk all the way back, too. You know what I'm saying? It's just there is no we run out of subjects. We'll we'll find a new one. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I truly believe that he is fearful that we're going to suck all the air out of the universe. He does say that. He he does say that. He asks, is there any air left? Is there any air left in the car? Is there any air left? It's so bad. But, you know, guys, it's so important. You know, with girls, our lives go through phases. We go through ups and downs. And I have, you know, and of course, even in my own life, I've had the ups and I've had the downs. Pam has been there with me through all of it. You know, when other things were uncertain, you know, when when life was uh, scary, you know, Um, Pam has sort of been that constant, you know, throughout my life. She was like the one dependable you know, even when other things were falling away, 
Pam was that consistent. And, you know, it's easy to say you've got a good friend. It's easy to say that your friend or your friends stand by you when times are good. Mm -hmm. It's when times are bad. It's when times are tough. It's when there are challenges, you know, and I'll say for a lot of years there, I felt like, you know, Pam and I both were sort of depositing equally into this friendship. We were both contributing. Neither one of us really ever had to take much out of it. It's almost like a bank. You know, you're putting in, you're putting in. Uh, But I'll tell you, for those years there where I was walking through very, very tough times at the time of my divorce and and just a very difficult period, I felt like I was making constant withdrawals from my my friend account. She was the one I could call up. So, you know, you know, you know, just, 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 you know, where you're crying, where you can hardly talk. And mm. she was the one that was the constant. She would listen. She wouldn't judge, you know, and a good friend doesn't judge. However, I will say a good friend will also speak the truth. Absolutely. Yes. Speak Absolutely. the truth in love. She will answer that question, you know. How do I look in this dress? Truthfully. <laughs> Whether you want to hear it or not. <laughs> and vice versa. But I think to add to your point too, Jenny, about speaking, speaking, being a loving friend is speaking in truth. And it's not only do I look good in this dress or just, you know, should I change into something else? But on an even deeper level, when you have a true friendship, if someone is truly your friend and you have that solid foundation the friend can speak to you in love. And sometimes that means sharing with you things that you don't necessarily want to mm-hmm. hear. Very true. But that's part of a true relationship, whether it's a husband, wife, best friends, mm-hmm. father, son, mother, daughter, siblings. You have to have that level and that foundation to understand that what the person is telling you is coming from a pure place in their heart exactly and it's for your own good Mm -hmm. and oftentimes that's when friendships have been challenged is when one friend with a caring heart shares something and it isn't reciprocated the Mm -hmm. way it it was Mm -hmm. in which it was intended Mm -hmm. and i know there have been times in both of our lives that we've been gut level honest with each other and it's been painful oh it is and we didn't want to hear it but but, you know the nice thing is is that with that solid friendship you can do that and not worry that you're going to lose your friend Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean unless you're going in and being hateful and unkind which you would not do anyway (laughs) you love your friend but but you can trust what you're hearing transparency and authenticity exactly hello we're just so, aren't we just the cutest things, the two of us? I know. We're just, we're just, Nick's we're just our, so, Nick's our new second BFF. But we'll let Nick in the crowd. Well, let's, I, have to tell, I have to share just a really, a little, little quick thing about how, uh, just one way my friend has supported me. You know, we haven't talked much about the political arena on this show because that's not what this show is about. No, it no, isn't. It's, no, it's not. It's not. So I've got, I've got friends on both sides of the fence. I will tell you that. How about that? Mm-hmm. And uh, but I will tell you that that uh, I had a certain family member a couple of weeks ago that n- didn't necessarily agree with my my political inclinations, shall we say? Oh no! And uh, I had refused to engage this family member in political mm-hmm. discussions. And when I refused to engage, and she understood where my political allegiance lied, which would be slightly to the right, <laughs> um, she called me a vessel of Satan. Yes, she did. She called me a vessel of Satan. And I remember texting Pam and saying, oh, my goodness, I was just called a vessel of Satan. I said, did you know I was a vessel of Satan? And Pam's like, I had no idea. Why didn't you tell me you were a vessel? I said, I know. I need a T-shirt. I need a T-shirt. I'm a a, a printer T-shirt that says V-O-S. And then on the nickname, 
Vasi. Vasi. Ginny, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Oh, guys, it was so good to oh, have you with us this wow. week. Remember, come great. visit me in Cartersville next Thursday, downtown Cartersville for the Cartersville Open House. And don't forget to email us for your free cookbooks, radio at southernsistershome.com. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us here at Southern Sisters Radio. If you have questions for Jenny, want more information about something you heard on today's show, or want to enter any of the Southern Sisters contests, visit southernsistershome.com. And remember to connect with Jenny on Facebook at Southern Sisters Home with Jenny McCormick Earhart.